right, Marge, we have made it 18 weeks, right? Um, this is our 20th week. Never mind. We've made it. We've literally made it 20 fucking weeks. That's unbelievable. I, I don't think I've, I don't, yeah, I think that's about as long as my powerlifting career lasted was about 20 weeks. Um, that's not true. <laughs> um, but no, I, continuing our series that we have going on now, we are super, super, super excited um, to have our next guest on here. Um, she has, I think, it, it, I'll tell this backstory later, but there, there, I remember, uh, actually, fuck it, I'll just tell it now. I don't give a <laughs> shit. So I remember it was 2017 Nationals, and I was, I met Kate Mendel. Uh, in the, um, I hopefully didn't pronounce, butcher her last name, but um, I remember we were all sitting in the like section for primetime. It was the second year primetime was going on. Uh, we were in our, the Orlando airport. Maggie, you were getting married. Sorry. I know. I missed uh, that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and I was like, you know, who, who do you like here? And she was like, I Meg Meg is like the person to watch and I like looked you up right away and I was like I have no idea who this is and <laughs> and then but I knew at the time who was handling you because we competed before so Nick Gadis and I um you know we competed in um in central New York before and then you know pretty much every bench thing known to man I see him at so um and then I was like holy shit like fucking amazingly strong and that i think was the birth of where you are now um and then you know showcasing in the arnold and then teaming up with um team aida after that but we have no other than meg scanlon here with us uh, who has set more records than probably the amount of weeks we've been on this podcast so <laughs> uh, we are so grateful to have you meg thanks for coming on thanks for having me that's so funny that's such a flashback 2017 i know that's, That's my first when I, raw nats. I know that was your first raw nats for yeah. Aaron, and then uh, I think you did the Arnold set another squat American record at the Arnold um, in the same weight class, and I think from there, then you teamed up with Max and just started doing uh, some super total shit. And not yeah. only did super total shit, you also got really fucking strong, um, setting multiple American records, multiple world records at the time. I don't know. I don't know if you do. You still have the world records in the uh, or does Maria have those? Definitely not squat. I have no idea about bench. I'm terrible with like numbers and like records and like all that stuff. <laughs> Good or bad, is, I don't know. It is what it is. <laughs> that's well, I mean, that's a great thing because like I was talking, we were talking to Britt a couple weeks ago and like she said the same thing. It's just about lifting. It's not about like what it was or where I've been or what I've done. Like it's just about lifting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sometimes it's easier not to, but you don't get so caught up on a number, right? Yes. You know, exactly. you don't take you just take, out. And... No, you just kind of yeah. take the day for what it is and you kind of make the most of that day. Yep. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 But 2017, that's so funny because Kate, honestly, she was like the only person I knew down there. <laughs> She's from Mass. She's a Mass lifter too. So I met uh, her like okay. at local meets. Um, that and when I got to Orlando, I was like, I don't know anybody in like the lifting world, really. You know, yeah. um, I'd only met people at local meets before, and she was the only lifter from Mass down there that I knew. And she happened to be a 63 too. We were both competing at 63, so that's kind of nice to have someone you, you yeah, know, right. like familiar. And then yeah. also, she knew a couple other lifters and things like that. But that was all. It made for a really great first experience at Raw Nats for sweet. sure. And, you know, now that you've been to a couple other Raw Nationals, I, I also appreciate how well that meet was also run as well. Um, just given, like, you know, the, the circumstances, you know, with everything else moving forward, they did a phenomenal fucking job in, in Orlando, which I thought was, was awesome, especially for a single guy run meet, not a national level office meet. Mm -hmm. For sure. And the space they had, too. They did a really good job. Yes. Absolutely. Like that was a perfect space. And also, I mean, granted you only had the food court really there, but you didn't have to, if you stayed in a no. hotel, you didn't really travel far. You landed, you went to the yeah. hotel and you competed within like, you know, not even a quarter mile radius. Of each yeah, other. I, I literally never thought I would go to Orlando and not leave the, uh, the airport for four days. Like didn't leave until after I competed. 
that yeah, went to Disney right. World like any natural person would. Right. Uh, you know, to eat around <laughs> like, Disney, uh, whatever that is. <laughs> Being around, like, it's like the after the Super Bowl when they yeah. say, all right, Aaron, what are, you, what are you gonna do after you win the Super Bowl? It's like, I'm gonna go to Disney World. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, that's so funny. That was such a fun meet though. That was like such a great first experience. Um, Absolutely. Kind of similarly, like I obviously had no idea what I was getting myself into when I went down there and like no expectations other than hoping to do well for myself, you know? Yeah. Um, but it really led to like such a great first experience because I feel like I didn't, like I wasn't like overly anxious or nervous about anything. So I kind of just enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. And that's kind of the best way of going into your first, you know, quote unquote, big meet like that is you have none of those expectations at all. Right. And right. now being on the other side of things for, you know, a, a, a an indefinite time period, I guess is a good way of yeah. saying it. You know, you can uh, do that with most of your lifters as well. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Meg, tell us a little bit more about you. Like uh, how, ha how did you get into coaching uh, and such right now? Yeah. So it's funny. I always, in college, I mean, I went to school for exercise science. Like I was always into that kind of thing and played sports and whatnot. And with that, um, after I graduated, I did a lot of different things that sometimes I even forget about, but was always involved in coaching somehow, whether it was like strength and conditioning coaching or like I coached soccer, but like coaching in the coaching sense somehow. Yeah. Um, and eventually kind of just made my way into like, this is what I love doing. I want to coach um, and ran kind of uh, my, my own, like I had a little studio that was pretty much, I ran it like strength and conditioning. So like adults, but as if they're athletes, right? Like adult athletes, if you will. Yeah. Um, and then <laughs> as I started getting into more strength things, I started coaching more power lifters. Um, so now it's kind of flipped from being more like adult strength fitness where I still have some of those clients, but the majority of the people that I work with and coach now are powerlifters. Um, since it's been, you know, four or five years since I've been powerlifting yeah. and doing things like that, just over time, like the ratio, I guess, of my athletes and clients that I coach are, has kind of shifted with me um, and kind of like what I've been doing, which is kind of cool. Um, Cause before I powerlifted, I was, doing very different things <laughs> yeah. and it's almost like the people that I coach have kind of like been along some of them have been along the whole journey with me and like yeah. you know went from never touching a barbell to now like loving being under the barbell which is really really cool yeah that's great um how did you get into powerlifting like what was your first exposure to it so my first exposure to it was I was renting space out of like a warehouse gym and in that gym there were different powerlifters um, that trained there. Um, I wasn't new to the barbell. Like we had been in the strength room before, especially in college. So like I knew how to squat and bench and deadlift, not necessarily like powerlifting, you know, squat, bench and deadlift, sure. but in general, like I wasn't, I was comfortable with the barbell. Um, and at the time I was doing, I was running marathons and Ironmans and things. And I was like, well, this kind of looks cool. This might be fun. Like maybe I'll, you know, be okay. Like, I think I'm pretty strong. <laughs> so I, know, I was always like one of the, or the strongest on my teams, like growing up, never one of the most talented, but <laughs> one of the stronger, more athletic people. And like, I just got away with that because yeah. I was like, you know, stronger and more athletic. Um, that it like kept me playing. So once I did my first meet, I was kind of hooked. Yeah. yeah. I was kind of it. Like I was, I still didn't realize how deep I would get into it, if you will. <laughs> but yeah. I was definitely hooked after my first meet and knew like I'd found my place, you know? Yeah. That's awesome. And it's true. And it's true because I mean, uh, you obviously did an Ironman. I have not, but we had very similar paths to, um, becoming like power lifters and um you know starting in the aerobic capacity you know doing mm -hmm. marathons and ironmans and and then transitioning into touching a bar and how uh i think it evolves from there right like i always mm -hmm. thought like oh yeah running like that's like the thing to do and then all of a sudden it just evolves into something bigger and better than that yeah and i think because i feel like 
I don't know exactly how old you are, but I feel like we're very similar age, give or yeah. take couple i feel like i'm older than you by a couple but like you know give <laughs> me give me the years give me the years i'll give, it, exactly. I'll give you a couple of years <laughs> um but like when we were say that age right like your early 20s like powerlifting wasn't as big as it is now it was very no. you know subset of yeah. <laughs> um whatever the strength world and like crossfit was kind of newer like it was yep. a huge thing. Like I feel like that's gotten a ton of people into lifting. So I, when I was looking for something to do and you're Googling like, okay, I'm not playing sports anymore. Like what am I going to compete in? Right. Like yep. running was the number one option. Then. Number <laughs> Which one. I yep. think is crazy to think about now because so much has changed in a pretty short yep. period of time within fitness and strength in general for adults. Yeah. Absolutely. You're, you're 100 percent right. I mean, if you think about uh, we were all athletes um, in college and you know beyond that as well. And you're right. There was literally nothing growing up like I remember in college, I was like trying to find something right. Like mm-hmm. you go to the weight room, you're just like, oh, this is fucking boring. Like just go into the weight room to go to the weight room. And like I think everyone had this, you know, pre when you thought about powerlifting from like 2000 you know, four to like 2000, even probably 2012, you thought West side. I mean, honestly, mm-hmm. I mean, that's probably all that there was. And I know Maggie, you had a, a little bit more of a jaded, not maybe jaded, but you had a different experience just because you were immersed in the, you know, the kind of West side culture. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, and, but that also probably jades you from what you expected out of powerlifting as well for the longest time. Yes. Um, and, and, you know, it's, I'm so happy that, it's changed over time, you know, even mm-hmm. from, I think it started really rolling in 2015 is when it really started shredding of uh, raw powerlifting. It wasn't just, you needed to buy this suit and you needed to buy these wraps and you needed to buy this other suit you needed to buy this shirt and you can only get it from one website. And that website fucking sucked because Inter's <laughs> website probably hasn't been updated since God knows when. I mean, they're probably still working on a 96 Microsoft mm-hmm. office computer. Um, but you're right. I mean, there was nothing else for us. And CrossFit was way too, way too, um, I think, new to even think like, oh, is this going to be a fad or is this something that's actually going to stick around for a little bit of time? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think probably... I mean, I've personally never competed in Equipped, and people always ask me, like, will you do it? I'm like, listen, <laughs> I think it would be really cool to, like, I feel like I'd be able to squat a lot with a suit on. You know, I think that'd be really cool. But the training itself, like, doesn't interest me. Like, nope. it takes a lot of time to do a very few amount of sets. And like, yep. that just doesn't suit my personality. So I'm like, probably not, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like you're saying, like that was really what powerlifting was before. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you thought um, of, you know, um, I was also, I think when I, whenever you talked about powerlifting in Buffalo, you know, uh, my old strength coach in, at UB was Paul Childress. And at the time, he held the world squat record for the most amount of weight ever lifted. It was a very short time. I think it was like for about a year or so. And then um, Mr. Hoff, you know, started, uh, started lifting a little heavier. So Um, he held it for a very short amount of time, but that was all we knew. Like Maggie and I grew up in a a region where West side was King. And for the longest time until probably a year or two ago, West side still was King in Mm -hmm. in where we're from Uh, just because like those guys, like, Nate Harvey is from Buffalo, who is the head of sales for Elite FTS. Paul Childress was the world squat record holder for the longest for a year or two. And, you know, we have the University of Buffalo, which was known for its strength conditioning programs. Right. So it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's crazy how far it's come in a short and a relatively short amount of time, if you think about it. Yeah. yeah. I think the evolution of raw power lifting, especially, is just, it's been so fast. Like you, you even take a look at like we go back to the national platform like how vast the enrollment has grown over the past few years right like they have to keep making it harder because everyone is getting involved and getting strong mm-hmm. um, yep. in this raw powerlifting field yeah. so. which is a good question how do you feel about that like i i think maggie and i have our own similar opinions on it but how do you feel about them keeping the increase in total almost every year keep increasing the total yeah, to get to a national level meet. Yeah, I kind of wish, 
it was broken down better. You know what I mean? In terms of like the system leading up to the national meet. And I think that, I think it's hard because I think that because of the growth and it happened so quickly and things like, you know, the state meet or regionals, like they were meets before, but they weren't necessarily like people didn't think of them as meets they had to do or big meets. And like, I feel like if there could somehow almost, and I know it would be challenging because now you're trying to work like bottom up again, which I feel like they attempted a little bit, but um, to like make those bigger deals in a way so that like, you know, it does make the national meet say a little bit more of a smaller meet, more selective, but like regionals is a big deal. Like to qualify for regionals and go to regionals is a big deal. And like your state meet is like your first, like say experience of a bigger meet. Right. So then by the time you get to nationals, like you're ready to be at nationals yep. and like you should be there and like, you feel yep. good about that. And like, you feel good about qualifying. Cause like, I don't know. I hate when it's like, when people qualify, I think they should go like without a doubt. Right. But I feel like when, when the totals have been such different things over the years like there's so much debate over the qualifying totals and then like I hate when someone's like oh well you know like would you even go to nationals if you just like hit the qualifying totals like why wouldn't they like they deserve to go like they should go and like they should be excited about that you know like they like I don't know like so anyhow yeah. It's not it's not their fault that you know yeah. the federation made it at a certain point, right? Like it, it there's no, you know, even if you just make and I say the same thing to to our athletes as well. It's like, you know, if you earned that right to go, you right. should definitely go. go. Like yeah. you earned it. There's no one taking that away from you regardless of whatever if you made it by just enough or you made it by, right. you know, 50 kilos, you still made it. And I right. think that's definitely you earned that right to at least get some sort of national level experience. Yeah, for sure. And it is such an experience, you know, so like getting that experience is such a, is such a great thing. But I I like, I don't know, it bugs me so much when people are like, yeah, you know, I'm going to nationals, but, and they like add a qualifier because they like don't feel that good about it. Like, I feel like they, like anyone going to nationals should feel like kick ass about it. Yeah. It's a big deal. Exactly. I think it's hard though, just because it has grown so fast. Yeah. So like at first it was almost like you didn't even need a qualifying total because there wasn't that many people. (laughs) And now it's like, oh, like we keep raising them, but people keep hitting them. (laughs) So it's not like the number's gone down that much. Right. Of entry forms, that is. Right, right, right. So I think it's kind of a strange time. Like they're trying to figure it out, but it just hasn't quite gotten. Yeah. Yeah. I also like the the point that you brought up. I kind of treat it like a, a football season, right? Like I feel like your little local meet should be like a preseason meet. And then your in-season meet is kind of like your state meet. And then your regional meet are the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And then the raw nationals should be, or national level meet should be like the Super Bowl. Yeah. And then the Arnold's pretty much the Pro Bowl. It's like kind of like, oh, you made it. Like the fans entered you in. Like it's, you know, you can kind of like have fun. And like you've competed at your fair share of Arnold's. And I would assume – you know, the Grand Prix was probably a little bit different than the Pro-American for you. Um, just well, you can't, like, yeah. well, this year, I mean, it's yes. different than every year I've ever been. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's kind of like you're hanging out with, like, people that yeah. you compete with on a national level. Just it's more of, like, a, a different atmosphere. Like, you know, you go into a nationals, especially at the level of competition that you're at, it's just a different mindset than going into the Arnold. It's like, all right, I just want to get the most out of it as opposed to you go into nationals. It's like, all right, I'm trying to place and win, um, right. which is a completely different scenario. Yeah, for sure. And it, it is funny because I was actually talking to someone earlier about like the Arnold, you get to a certain point and you're competing so much and you're, say you're going to nationals for a couple of years and you get to know all the people at nationals, but they don't necessarily live near you. Right. right. So no. you're seeing them once or twice a year and the Arnold is somewhere where you see them even in a smaller group yep. and like you become friends with everyone and it's like such a fun meet. It's almost like yeah. a local feel, but at this big showcase meet, you know, Absolutely. that, you know, there's really no pressure. Like you were saying, like if you can just go and showcase your stuff and have a yeah. good time with your closest powerlifting friends that you've met over the years from all across the country. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like a little like reunion meet. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah, who, who, need, who needs 10 year class high school reunions when you yeah, can just right? do the Arnold every year, right? Yeah. <laughs> Maggie, you got another question? Yeah. I wanted to kind of talk about your experience with Super Total. So obviously, oh, yeah. for those who don't know what Super Total is, it's, um, 
powerlifting, which is hard enough, but then you add in weightlifting, which is a totally different sport. Um, so what made you decide that you wanted to dive into both and then not only train them, but then compete? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so after it was after my first national, so I went to nationals and someone said, Oh, you should try weightlifting. And I was like, (laughs) okay, (laughs) like, cool. Um, and I always had wanted to, but like, you know, like I mentioned earlier, I was very comfortable with a barbell squatting, benching and deadlifting. Like I was not comfortable with Oli and clean and jerking and snatching and had no idea. Like if I was going to do it, I wanted to do it the right way. So like, didn't know how to go about that. Um, so I initially got started weightlifting after that nationals at just like a local barrel weightlifting gym around here. Um, and was trying to combine their weightlifting program with like my powerlifting program. <laughs> yeah, it, it didn't really work. Um, <laughs> and, and um, I competed like for my first time weightlifting a couple weeks before in that Arnold in 2018, I guess. And that's um, where I met Max for the first time. And he was like, what are you doing? And I explained it and he was like, <laughs> he's, like, yeah. he's like if you really want to do both like you should try doing super total like an actual program so it's kind of how we started um actually training for both weightlifting powerlifting and competing super total um and it was definitely a slow slow process the weightlifting especially since I wasn't you know I was splitting my I guess focus between weightlifting and powerlifting and yeah um and I, I pretty much learned how to weightlift all um, out of distance, right? Like right. Max is in California and I'm in Massachusetts. Yeah. So like it definitely, people always ask me about that. I'm like, it definitely, it probably takes a little longer, you know, like it's not like that immediate feedback, but yeah. for me, it was the right fit, yeah. which is more important for me, like where I'm at now um in terms of like coaching but also like what I wanted to do like I feel like it was the first time that I met a coach that was like yeah like we can do that you know like we can do weightlifting and powerlifting I mean granted that's what he does with super total but not only that I had some crazy ideas and he didn't like stop me from them (laughs) you know I mean at the end of the day like yes I have different goals and things like that but I also like I'm doing it because it's fun and then because yeah. I enjoy it and it can challenge me in different ways. Yeah. You know, that like, I feel like that was kind of what I needed in a coach is like someone to be like, yes, like, okay. Like if you want to do that, like, let's figure it out. Mm-hmm. Even though it's a crazy idea, yeah. <laughs> you know, but like, rather than being like, Oh no, you shouldn't do that. You know? And just like, yeah. I had many, 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 many people really discourage me from doing both powerlifting and weightlifting, um, which I got, you know, like, yes, I could probably be a better weightlifter and I could probably be a better powerlifter if I didn't do both. But for me, it makes me so much happier to do both. And I think that I'll do them for so much longer and stay healthier for longer um, doing both. And I so. think that's so important. You keep that, that love for it. Cause I think sometimes um, people get so, I don't think they get bored by, you know, what they're doing, but they might start to lose that spark. So to have this constant variety in your training probably really does help keep that love for it and extend your love for it. Yeah, for sure. Cause especially, I mean, powerlifting and weightlifting are two very repetitive sports. (laughs) (laughs) No matter what type of variation you throw in there, it's very repetitive. Absolutely. And, you know, not to plug Max or anything, but I mean, I, I think that's also just a sign of a great coach. Like he just listens and understands like, okay, well, we can make this work. Like he's going to be upfront and honest with you, but also, mm-hmm. you know, you're the one dictating the goals. It's not him dictating the goals. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that I've, you know, learned from him as well. And um, he understands a little bit more about, okay, well, we're, I'm going to be more of like the guiding principle for you and the outline you're going to do the work. You just tell me what the guiding principle and outline is going to be. And we're just going to kind of adhere to that. Yeah. And I think that's so important for both 
for the most part, for like both, you know, like athletes and coaches, like the athlete should be in the driver's seat, you know, and mm. as coaches, like it's so important to be the voice of reason <laughs> yeah. and guidance. But at the end of the day, whoever is putting in the work, it's their time and their life and their, you know, whatever. And if they want to make certain decisions, like that's okay. And like, we're going to figure out how to work around that, you yeah. know? Um, Absolutely. I remember there like was a, a time where Max was like, you know, if we probably focused on one or the other for a little while, like you'd probably do better. And I was <laughs> like, I know, but at the same time, like, I'm okay with that. You know, yeah. if there yeah. comes a time I'm not okay with that, then like, yeah, let's try it out. But like where I'm Absolutely. at right now, I'm okay with that. You know, like, yeah. I'm having a good time. <laughs> but at the end of the day, that's the number one thing too. Like that's what keeps you going. And that's, I think what probably you thrive in the most is like just having fun with all the lifting that you're doing. Yes. Like yeah. even at the Arnold, and I know it wasn't, you know, the most ideal day for you, but you still had a lot of fun doing it. Like, yeah. you know, being back there and like watching, um, watching you lift, like you were still like, okay, like it's just a day. Like it's just something that, you're going to be able to like go back, enjoy training and then get back on a platform and go right to it, which, yeah. you know, obviously after that, you know, other, other <laughs> news, <laughs> other yeah. news lined up. But. I know. I know. Yeah. It's funny. And I think the more experience you get, the more you realize that too. And it's something where on that weekend, I was just so happy to like feel good physically that I think at some points, like, you know, when it started going downhill, <laughs> benching and Max was like what is happening I was like I don't know but I'm just like so happy right now that my body doesn't hurt <laughs> like I feel healthy yeah. I was like I'm not and then like I start like I missed like my second deadlift which I don't remember what it was but it wasn't like a deadlift I should have missed but I was like kind of laughing and not in a way that was like like I wasn't I was like I'm not trying to be like rude or like I don't care that I missed it like I care but at the same yeah. time like I was just in such a great mental place where I was like, I'm just so happy that like I'm healthy. Like that's a sign to me that like whatever happens today doesn't really matter. Like we can build off of it, yeah, you know? Um, Cause coming off of nationals, I did not feel good <laughs> physically. And, and sometimes when you don't feel good physically, it's hard to know if you're ever going to feel good again, where like you get to the point where you feel like you're building and not just rebuilding. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, okay, I, I think that's a huge, yeah. Yeah. Same thing that happened with Britt. Like we had to take a lot of time rehabbing an injury and that comes with any athlete. I mean, that, that, that happens like when you get to that devastation point, you're like, Oh shit, this is like one of the lowest lows I've ever had in training. Mm -hmm. And like nothing feels good. Nothing I'm doing right now feels good. And all I want to do is feel good. And then you just, you know, start saying like, Oh shit, should I just give this up? Should I just change up what I'm doing? Like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. Like, I don't know what's going to work. And it's really hard. Like it's hard as an athlete to see the light at the end of the tunnel when you're in that mode. Yeah. yeah. It's hard both ways, right? Like I feel like as, you know, athletes, when you're competing, you can convince yourself of a lot of things, mm -hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is good and bad. Right. And I feel like if you're convincing yourself, you're okay for so long, but eventually you finally break down and like hit that point that's like when you're like oh like shit like is this should I move on you know like yep. is this it like I'm not sure and like you're saying like when you do finally see that light at the end of the tunnel and you realize like okay maybe it was six months it was eight months in the whole grand scheme of things it's not that long but in the day-to-day -day, it's a very long time yes very long yep and those are a lot of dark days, right? I mean, if we talk about even mental health at that point, like those are a lot of dark days to be in something that you're supposed to enjoy. Right. Um, you know, you're supposed to go into training, enjoying the process. Maybe not every day you're supposed to enjoy yeah. the process because everyone has lists that they hate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, at the same time, like it's something like you go into it, you expect to do these things and like you're just not mentally there or physically there. Yeah. I was laughing a couple weeks ago. I did some squats and, you know, I love squatting. <laughs> I don't know yeah. if you knew this about me. <laughs> I really like to squat. <laughs> um, but that was something when I was hurt that I like couldn't 
was not going well. And I was laughing the other day because, you know, I'm whatever. I was probably like, say, 20, 21 weeks pregnant and huge and um, (laughs) larger than the average at 21, 21 weeks pregnant and squatting like what I couldn't squat last year because I would, I was just like missing squats at like 150 because I was injured, you know, but looking back at it, it's just like such a strange, I guess, experience or like, you know, when you like have that time, like I'm obviously in a different mindset right now than last summer. Um, And when you have that like ability or like that time in your life where you like take a step back and you're like, oh, wow. Like I was in a really, I didn't realize how bad of a place I was in, you know, like I was just trying to convince myself like it was okay. And like, it was just a bad day missing a squat at 150, Um, (laughs) you know, like in a training cycle. And I wasn't actually like hurt and should take a step back. And that's sometimes the hardest thing to to see as well is like when is it appropriate to take that step back? Yeah. And that's yeah. where and that's where you know the coaches come in in, in handy and be like, okay, Shut something's <laughs> not right. Like yeah. something isn't working, and we need to figure that out. Like, oh shit! Like we need to dial this back, or we need to change uh, the course and the plan that we have ahead of us. Well, because yeah. as athletes, we like. Mm-hmm. are so hard-headed right like we're like I can do it like I know, I've done it before I, I just need to get over this like and we'll just keep pushing and pushing and pushing so I think yeah the coach has a major responsibility to be like it's okay like we need to just reflect on what is going on right now and figure it out rather than just making it worse mm-hmm. it's hard because when you do get to you know competing at the national level it's like you have say three four meets throughout the year so it's like you're almost yep. always in, there's no real off season, yep. right? Nope. And you're almost always in that prep phase. Um, but yeah, it was, that was, it was an interesting last fall. Yeah. Fall. Yep. <laughs> but the best thing I did was after nationals, I, I did actually say, you know, Hey, I want to keep lifting, but like, I don't want to squat bench and deadlift right now. <laughs> like I don't want to see a squat bench and deadlift in my, in my training for a little while like maybe let's just do some weightlifting things and like <laughs> throw out a little yeah. <laughs> um which is lucky in that sense that i have that you know option yeah yeah absolutely so, outlet um speaking of transitions yes so uh, a dual question <laughs> what yeah. was what was max's first reaction to the news and then how have you transitioned into um, where you are now at 24 weeks pregnant. Um, how has the training transitioned from, you know, just getting off the platform at the Arnold and then to where yeah. you are now? Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, this is kind of ironic. So my husband and I, when we got married, we were like, oh, we'll probably have kids right away. Right. Yeah. This is 2016. I, uh, <laughs> I started powerlifting. <laughs> And I kept being like, I just, after, you know, like, I'll just go to my first nationals and after, you know, my first nationals. Yeah. Not kidding. So like, <laughs> I was just like, and he was very good about it. He was like, no, like it's, you know, like you have to be ready to obviously have children, right? Like when you make that decision. So, but I kept doing something and then there kept being like this carrot, you know what I mean? Like, well, now I qualified for my first Arnold. So I got to do my first Arnold. And then there was this carrot where I was like, you know what, I'm going to drop a weight class and I want to, I want to win and I want to go to world. Crazy, crazy idea, you know, but he was like, <laughs> okay. So then that's where I found myself. <laughs> so long story short, four years in the making. No, I'm just kidding. I was finally like at a point And I think it was like kind of that full culmination of got injured, was like in a, not a great spot, came back to the Arnold and like had a great time and was kind of like, all right, you know, like I'm good. Like let's have kids. Well, ironically, I didn't realize, <laughs> or good, you know, like I guess it's a good thing um, that I would be pregnant very quickly. And then also with twins. So, <laughs> um, Max had an idea. I was, you know, going to have kids, but I, when I did call him and I was like, yeah, so, you know, I'm pregnant and I'm also having twins. He was like, why am I not surprised? 
<laughs> he was like, this makes total sense. And I was like, okay. Um, so initially, my plan was to keep lifting as long as, you know, I felt good and like it was cool with my doctors and everything was, you know, looking good, which I did. I was very, 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 very tired at first. So the frequency was much less and the yep. volume was much less. Oh, yeah. But I kind of kept following my plan like that I could essentially. So I was probably doing like twice or three times a week. And I was still doing super total until I probably was like 16-ish weeks. Wow. Because then I started growing. Yeah. The bar pass isn't going to be the same at that point. No. And I felt like I finally figured out the bar pass. I was like, can't screw this up now, you know? Uh, so he, Max was very good at the beginning about just like adjusting things as we went. Um, and... Sorry, my dogs are going nuts. And um, Wally, it's not going to help. Um, and you know, I just continued along until I got too big and then I just dropped weightlifting. So I'm still working out usually like three or four times a week and lifting and squatting, benching, deadlifting. Um, and then some accessories. It's just so much less volume that I'm used to and obviously frequency too. Um, no. But I feel lucky that I feel good lifting, you know, because um, I, I know it's that's huge. not always true. Yeah. So, no. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've had different experiences with people um, being pregnant and uh, during their whole lifting, <laughs> during their whole lifting uh, career. And, um, and it's, it's a, so much of an individual thing. Like everyone's mm -hmm. fatigue levels are completely different. Everyone's strength levels are different. Everywhere – everyone and women and how they feel in life is different, right? Like, like mm -hmm. one day some people just have chronic pain in certain areas and they can't do certain things and, right. you know, being able to have, um, but you know, at the end of the day, being active and being able to do something close to what you're able, what you were doing is probably the best way of going about it. Obviously, you know, like you were saying, like dropping the frequency, dropping the intensity, dropping the volume, um, you know, all those things add up to, you know, kind of what you've been able to do. Uh, but that's kind of what they recommend the most is like, don't change too much. Like, right. don't go from doing everything to go into doing nothing. Right, right, right. And it's funny, because it's all relative, like, everything's always relative, right? So yeah. going to my doctor and saying, like, hey, I just want to make sure like, this is cool. I am a powerlifter, I usually do some weightlifting and whatnot. And she's like, okay, well, what does that mean? So I'm explaining it. I'm like, you know, I'm not lifting as heavy as I typically do. But then I'm like trying to explain like, okay, well, what do you usually lift? And it's like, well, no, I can squat because everyone knows what a squat is. So I always thought with start with squat. I can squat over 400 pounds. And they're like, oh, you know? <laughs> okay. So I'm like, relatively, what I'm going to tell you I'm lifting right now is going to sound nuts. But in relationship to what I have been doing, it's, you know, tailored back quite a bit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's, I mean, and that's cool that, you know, doctors are also on board with that too. And I think that's also been a shift in, in some sort of the medical side of it, right? It is being able to go from a couple years ago you saying that you're going to still lift over 200 ish pounds, 300 ish pounds. Really? They're like, mm, that's not, that's not going to happen. But yeah. uh, now that you have that shift of like, okay, this is what I'm capable of doing. This is what I'm going to be able to do next is, is super huge. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like it's gone such in such um, extreme directions too. Um, I feel like, you know, first it was like, don't do anything, you know, you yeah. can walk. Um, but don't do anything. And then it shifted to do whatever, you know, as long as you feel good, do whatever. And it's kind of like come back into this middle ground of everyone's different. Like you're saying, even in, even if you're pregnant, not pregnant, like everyone's different. Um, yeah. And adjusting for what works for you is huge. Um, and for me, I think the biggest difference is not obviously the frequency, the intensity, but just the mindset and approaching training has to be so, so different where the first, you know, 31 years of my life, I 
approached every training session with an athlete, like an athlete's mindset. And now, okay, this year, like, I can't do that. Like, that's not the right mindset to approach training with. Um, So it's been such a, like, that's been a learning curve, but it's been kind of a cool learning curve in a way, because it's something very different. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it goes back to that whole idea of always having something new in training, right? So this is just a new training model. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And it's, it's, when you're able to like take that step back again, it's kind of crazy what the body is capable of too, <laughs> you know, like, I'm like, oh, cool. Like I'm growing, like, sometimes I forget, like I'm growing too human, like, which I think is a great thing. Cause it means I'm, I feel good. Right. But that my body also is capable of moving and like, it feels good in motion still. And like, it feels good lifting weight still. Um, that it's just like, it's such a wild thing about, of how the body will just adapt to whatever, you know, is put on it as long as they're taking care of it. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a lot of research. Um, I actually just did a talk. My sister-in-law is a doula and she runs a support group for pregnant women. And I did a talk about strength training and, you know, there's a lot of research showing that labor's way easier if you go in way stronger. I mean, you know, it's mm-hmm. like day, right? You're you're prepping for this physical event. Um, so I think women should be encouraged to, you know, keep staying strong throughout a pregnancy because you're only helping yourself in the mm-hmm. end. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And yeah. I have one more question to piggyback off of the uh, the pregnancy talk is, do you feel as though now you have opened up the door to training other pregnant women? Like have had other pregnant lifters reached out to you um, to kind of like help them out with, with programming? I've definitely had a lot of pregnant or, you know, women that hope to be pregnant soon lifters reach out to me ironically i also have a couple lifters who have themselves um, (laughs) gotten pregnant um, this year (laughs) you know um but i think it's a great thing and just kind of like in the surge of powerlifting in general and then definitely powerlifting with women um and then strength even if you're not competing in powerlifting with a woman, how it's just grown over the years, I think it's something that we're only going to see more and more. And I feel like so many women have, you know, felt such empowerment and like felt their greatest when they're strong. And then they're going to want to figure that out and how that fits into their life once they, you know, are pregnant or once they do have children. And like, yeah, it looks different, but it doesn't mean that you can't still do what you love and like do what gave you so much. Yeah. you know and i feel like there's just been such a huge growth in women in strength sports and women in strength in general um kind of with the growth of powerlifting in general too yeah. you know absolutely. um that it's something that we're going to see more and more yeah. absolutely and i think it's and again i'm not i'm not a female so i you guys can obviously <laughs> speak more on behalf of this but i feel as though post-pregnancy too it's more about empowering yourself to be strong as opposed to even thinking about, you know, an aesthetic look, right? You want to be strong for your children to grow yeah. up and learn how to be strong as well. Yeah. And I mean, how we, you know, again, we were talking about, I was talking with my husband about, um, you know, like, what do you think they're going to be like into or do? Like, who knows, right? <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> you have no idea yet. <laughs> no idea. But how cool is it to, you know, they're probably going to want to move because that's what they're going to see. You know, like they're going to see us moving in the garage gym. Like they're going to want to move, whatever that is. And I think that's such a great thing. Like it doesn't matter what it looks like and what they like doing. It can be whatever. But I think enjoying some type of movement is so important. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It, it's Absolutely. an awesome thing. I think, you know, this trend of, women in strength setting the example for younger generations it's just such a cool thing to see that it's just it just keeps going you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who knows where it'll end Absolutely. up but. yeah yeah and, I think it's a great I, thing yeah yeah and i think it's like not even hit like a tip of an iceberg I yet agree. too i mean i think like you know just even uh, i know all three of us are business owners and and it's like you keep seeing the growth of just powerlifting and just women and strength mm-hmm. training just grow and grow and grow because I think the shift of it being an empowering thing as it to being a taboo thing has just changed. 
mm-hmm. you know, before it was just taboo to be like, oh yeah, I want to, I want to lift stuff and feel great as opposed mm-hmm. to fitting this mold of what society tells you that you have to do. Mm-hmm. It's funny because, you know, we've talked about powerlifting, how it's grown, say within the past 10 years, right? But if, you know, woman specific, even thinking about, okay, like when my mom was growing up, right? So she's in there, she's 60s, early 60s. Um, but like growing up in high school, she could do gymnastics or she could play softball. Like those were her two options or be a cheerleader. Okay. So then fast forward, you know, say she's 18. So say like 12 years to when I, whatever, that was a terrible example, but you know what I mean? (laughs) 20 years until when I'm in high school where it's very different, right? Like there's all these sports options. Even when I was growing up from a young age, all these sports options, um, granted less, females I would say probably played sports then and you were probably still considered like a tomboy if you're playing you know running around playing basketball and soccer but even fast forward okay I've been out of high school for 10 years one they have more sports than I had for girls in high school and like two they're everyone's playing something it's just like almost like a way of life and growing up and I think that translates to like you're saying afterwards like okay you want to keep moving and that looks different for everyone but definitely strength has become such a norm and like I think that's such a great thing for both males and females um and I think a cool thing is I do have a lot of uh athletes that powerless and I was actually included in this that are say 50 plus so like they weren't necessarily in that huge growth of female sports growing up and mm-hmm. they didn't necessarily have very many options but now you know, they're over 50 and they're finding it like strength for yep. the first time. And like, that's so cool as well. So yep. it's like all directions, you know, are just like, I'm like growing. And I think that's such a great thing. Yeah, it's it really is. It really is. Maggie, you got one uh, lighthearted question here to wrap us up. Yeah. Um, reflecting on your lifting career, what has been Ooh. your proudest moment? Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, my proudest moment for sure was world. Yeah. Definitely. Not necessarily most fun, but definitely the proudest. <laughs> yeah. uh, I for sure learned a lot about myself that day. <laughs> yeah. um, because I started the day not feeling too hot, <clears throat> but was able to do more than I ever ever had before and to do more than I kind of expected to be able to do that day. Um, the biggest stage. Yeah. Yeah. So that I mean, was really was cool. Just, it was also just, I mean, if you think about, you know, quote unquote battles and, in, and, in, in powerlifting, I mean, that was like one that you could just watch the highlights between you and Maria for forever. And like, not only learn how, to compete really well in powerlifting, but also just how to compose yourself too. Like you have to go like a boxing match, punch for punch. Mm -hmm. And like, if one person just screws up, I mean, that's like, we could spend a whole podcast talking about that athlete kind of mindset going into Mm -hmm. that specific competition. I mean, that, that is a whole different mindset. And like, literally you have, you can't do any, you can't do any worse uh, than the other person like you have to keep going and pushing yeah. that limit and like it's a tough thing it, it, it was is. really incredible to watch it's wild when you look back at it too because in what you're saying about mindset like we both had misses kind of early on <laughs> and that means yeah. <laughs> my i had some very early on <laughs> but like that you just have to move on you know like yeah. i i don't know if maria i think she might have missed one squat but like you just have to move on like you can't let that affect your the rest of your day um, yeah. And I think that was something we both had to do, you know, throughout that day to get yeah. to the end. Um, but that, yeah, it was a wild day. Yeah. Awesome. And, and it was like, you know, still like holds as a, as a world record total. And I don't know anyone going to be touching that fucking bench in the 57 kilo class. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> that, bench, that bench is unbelievable. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it, it's, it was, I think that's a, a really good um, example of like what it means to be a competitor too. Like, you, you know, you always hear, you know, I talked about this, I think, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago or maybe even last week about, you know, what happened with Brett Favre on that Monday night um, when his dad passed and being able to come in and throw for almost 450 yards, four touchdowns 
literally right after his dad passed like the day before and like mm -hmm. being able to like put together an athlete mindset that, you know, people still talk about, you know, many moons later than that. So it's funny. I always, I don't know how to describe it. I always describe it as like some type of flow state, right? Like usually your best meets and I don't necessarily mean like meets you go nine for nine, but whether you do go nine for nine, it's, you know, your greatest meet or, it was like this where you have to gut out like some type of performance or whatever you're in a huge competition like there's just this like different mindset that you get in as a competitor and it's hard to describe I feel like if, yeah for people that don't yeah. compete but it's like you almost don't know anything else like the other parts of the world don't exist for those nope. couple of hours and it's just what you're doing and just you on the platform you know um but it's like kind of a wild thing. The mind is a wild thing. Yeah. Not to yeah. get totally distracted here. <laughs> no, no. It, it, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a wild thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, cap it's kind of the same thing with the body, right? Like it, what you are able to do mentally and physically is just, it's incredible. And mm -hmm. what you can actually, you know, it's cliche as it is, what you can put your mind to is uh, pretty fascinating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For sure. Awesome. Well, uh, yeah. But thank you. I mean, first of all, thank you for continuing to set an example for women in the sport. I think it's, you've definitely been a trailblazer in that sense. And it's carried through to obviously the growth of powerlifting um, and weightlifting. Um, and thank you for chatting with us. Thank you. Yeah. Great. Thanks, Meg. Thanks for coming on. I, we appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for having me. And I'm excited at some point to eventually get up to your new gym. Yeah. Yes. One day we will. Yeah, I know. Post Corona, uh, we post yes. birth. <laughs> I think, I think, yeah, right. I think one day it was supposed to be either next week or the week after that. I we know. Come up crazy? Twenty twenty, man. Things you never expected. Twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah and, uh, literally, it seems like life was pretty much canceled the entire year. Um, it really has. So, uh, it really yeah. has been. We are very excited for you guys to come up one day, uh, you and Brian both. Um, and then, you know, we can kind of go on a tour de Buffalo with uh, a bunch of food. Hopefully by that point, um, you uh, don't have a weight class that you have to kind of be in at that point. And, <laughs> <laughs> we can figure something out and uh, really, treat you, really treat you guys to some good food. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for listening and yeah. we'll see you in the next one. Yeah, see you guys later. See ya.